Welcome to the Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinch a Penny Pool Patio Spa. I'm your host, Corey Bradley. What a shocker last Saturday night as the Texas A&M Aggies took down number one Alabama, 41-38. You know, that's a game that not many across the nation expected to happen. I know I didn't. I predicted Bama to win 48-16. I gave the Aggies zero chances to beat Alabama, especially the way they looked against Arkansas, against Mississippi State. I didn't really expect much of that game on Saturday night, so I thought Bama would go in there and straight steamroll over the Aggies, but nonetheless, that was not the case. Now, I did have a friend who actually attended that game in College Station, Jason Fleabot. Listen to what Jason had to say, representing his Crimson Tide, about that surprising upset from last Saturday night. Jason, welcome to the sweet spot, man. Uh, I know it's your first time being on, man. I appreciate you swinging through. Thanks, man. I'm glad to be here. Dude, I know you were at that game in College Station. It usually takes me a while to get over any kind of loss. Uh, How often have you thought about that last week's loss against Texas A&M, and has it been something that, that you're able to put behind you easily, or do you think about it every day, especially being at the game? Oh man, I tell you what, Corey, it's um, you know, it's a tough thing. I mean, Alabama. The th- the thing about being an Alabama fan is, you know, we don't lose often, but uh-huh. when we do, I mean, it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, you know, so um, the good thing is we control our own destiny. So, uh, you know, just got to win out and get to the SEC championship game in Atlanta, and uh, you know, probably going to be Georgia there, but. Uh, you know, uh, we we know what we got to do to get to the playoff. Man, you know, I saw this meme where it had Saban at the podium with the Coca Cola and the Sunny as it as we always see, and it said <laughs> it said when when teams beat Bama, they storm the field, and it's a historic moment for them. But when Bama beats you, it's just another Saturday roll tide. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> so you're, you you know. <laughs> You're right, though, man. Like it's it's really um it's a big deal. It doesn't happen often, and I definitely didn't expect it to happen last Saturday night. I I predicted Bama to win forty eight sixteen. Like I, A and M showed me nothing that would say that they would come out and beat Bama. They lost to Mississippi State. They lost to Arkansas. I had no clue that they would escape with a win over number one Alabama. So tell me, man, with you being at the game, at what point did you realize? Like, uh-oh, man, we could be in trouble. We could be in trouble for this one. Well, I tell you, man, uh, you know, Alabama was up 7-3, and then Texas A&M scored 14 unanswered points to go up 17-7. to I told my brother, I said, uh, this is not good. Um, and then, you know, at halftime, it was 24-10, to um, and, and we were sitting there going, man, what is going on? Um, but then Alabama came back, you know, they, they, they outscored Texas A&M 28 to seven to go up 38, 31, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the last five minutes of the game, they just let it get away. Um, I, 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 I was honestly astonished that, um, you know, they let the thing get away after they took the lead, but, uh, you know, the A&M fans were, um, Man, I tell you what, you know, one hundred six thousand plus, the second largest crowd in the history of A and M football. 
It was loud. It was um, everything you want an SEC venue to be. And uh, they, uh, kudos to them. They they did a great job. Man, now talk about that crowd for a second. Talk about that atmosphere. I mean, Kyle Field, twelfth man. We've heard you know so many historic situations about how hard it is to hear playing there talk about that as your experiences of being in other games that you've attended to how would you rank Kyle Field in the 12th man I'm telling you Corey um you know I've been to a lot of games been to uh, multiple SEC venues um you know it, it was right up there man um it was amazing and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that Texas A&M got out to the fast start. The crowd was into it, um, you know, and they thought, well, we have a chance. And, um, you know, as we went into the second half with A&M ahead by two touchdowns, um, you know, they really, really responded. And um, I'll tell you what, when Alabama blocked the punt uh, in the third quarter mm-hmm. to cut the lead to seven, uh, and then on the ensuing kickoff, Texas yeah. A&M ran the ball back 100 yards for a touchdown. I mean, it was unbelievable. It was probably the loudest crowd I've ever heard. And I, I'm telling you, I've been to Bryant Denny uh, many times. I've been to multiple SEC venues. But that crowd was unbelievable. Now, would you say... That 41-38 loss to the Aggies, was that more of Bama losing the game or Texas A&M actually winning it? Well, I think it's more of Alabama losing it. I mean, we had multiple dropped passes. Uh, we had an interception in the end zone by Bryce Young. Um, Brian Robinson fumbled the ball um, on the Aggies' end of the field. Um, you know, it, it was... It was uh, probably more to do with Alabama making mistakes than Texas A&M actually winning the game. However, I will give credit to Texas A&M for for doing a a magnificent job. I thought Jimbo Fisher called a great game. Um, I thought uh, Zach Calzada was unbelievable Hmm. at quarterback. I mean, nobody saw that coming, right? Not not at all. (laughs) <laughs> no, that was the Steven Garcia moment of 2010, um, you know. And and so I, I think Alabama, um, you know, in retrospect, I think Alabama will benefit more the, from losing uh, this game in, in, than they would from winning. Now, you kind of alluded to this uh, about what you expect from Bama the rest of the way. Give me your prediction on Bama's finish as they get ready for the second half of the part of the season. Well, I think, Corey, they they will uh, win the rest of their games. I, I, I think that this is exactly what Nick Saban needed for this team to happen. Um, I think they're 5-1. They're, they're and one. Um, you know, he has alluded to the fact that, um, you know, many of these players on the team that are freshmen and sophomores have never lost Mm. a college football game. So, you know, they have to know what it's like to lose. And, and, and so, you know, you, you're moving into the second half of the season. 
you've got six games left. Um, the, the hard part of the schedule is behind you. And so you're moving into the stretch run. And I, I, I honestly believe that Alabama is going to be 11 and one uh, winners of the SEC West. And it's going to come down to uh, that December showdown against Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to determine, uh, you know, who is going to win the SEC. Now, before we go to break, man, tell me which part of that Alabama Crimson Tide concerns you. What what part of the the uh, team? worries you a little bit is it the offense is it the defense the special teams is it maybe third down conversions like what is it that worries you in general well that's a great question i'll tell you what i've got two concerns uh number one is the offensive line uh you know there are uh three returning starters from last year's team however uh, we've not seen the ability for Alabama uh, to sustain uh, a, a great uh, blocking front against the pass. Um, you know, Brian Robinson has done well in the last mm-hmm. two games, over 100 yards each game, um, and, and, and that's been great. However, you know, uh, I, I think Alabama's offensive line could be um, a, a, a trouble spot. And, and then number two, uh, I have to say the secondary, uh, you know, Malachi Moore got, um, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the targeting call on the third play of the game. Yeah. That was um, you that know, was and, and that, that was a tough, that was a tough blow. Uh, and he's a great player. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, the secondary has to pick it up in the second half for Alabama to challenge, uh, Georgia. The defensive line is really solid. The linebackers are good. But that secondary uh, worries me a little bit. So as we take a break to hear a word from our sponsors, in the next segment, Jason and I will share our predictions for a few of this week's SEC matchups. Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa is the introduction sponsor for The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. More than just a full-service pool and supply company, they offer backyard entertainment options like big green eggs, clear light infrared saunas, and patio furniture. Locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp. Pinch a Penny Pool Patio and Spa, 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan. Our phone, 334-671-POOL. Attorney Kaz Espy is a proud supporter of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Kaz has experience in both federal and state courts regarding a wide range of civil matters. Specializing in bankruptcy, debt resolution, probate, and estate planning, Kaz listens to the concerns of his clients, understanding their individual needs. Attorney Kaz Espy, phone 334-793-6288 or online at espymetcalf.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Care Animal Center is a local business partner of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that is dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is careanimal.net. Care Animal Center, 
3454 West Main Street in Dothan. 334-794-6333. Ridgecrest Baptist Church proudly supports all local athletics. At Ridgecrest, we have many opportunities for all ages, including children, middle school, high school, and college students. I'm Chase Fault, the student pastor, and I want to invite you to see how your family might fit in at Ridgecrest. Learn more on our website at rbcdothan.org. Welcome back to the Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinchapini Pool Patio Spa. I'm your host, Corey Bradley. And joining me for the second segment, again, is Jason Fleabot. Jason, welcome back to the show, man. Thanks, Corey. Glad to be yes, here. Yes, sir, man. Uh, now, you talked about your Crimson Tide in the first segment. We're not talking about them in this second segment, but I know you understand SEC football, and we have quite a few interesting matchups this Saturday. So, with our segment we're going to call this Who You Got. I'm going to give you a matchup. All you right. tell me who you think will win that game, why that team will win that game, and we'll move on to the next matchup. Sounds good? Sounds good. All right, so the first game under Who You Got. Auburn at number 17, Arkansas, at 11 o'clock on CBS, where the Razorbacks are favored by three and a half points, man. Tell me uh, who you got in that matchup. Man, I tell you what, that's going to be a good game. I, I'm excited to watch this game. Um, Auburn, I'll tell you what, Auburn, uh, when they have 400 yards or more of offense, they are 80% likely to win the wow. game. Wow. Um, you know, that, <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, Bo Nix has to make sure he doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, Auburn has to make sure they establish the running yes. game, but then they have to make sure that they limit Arkansas. I mean, KJ Jefferson, what a yeah, player. Yeah. I mean, he just last week, I mean, against Ole Miss, just unbelievable performance. Um, you know, I, I, I think that this is going to come down to turnovers. I think this is going to come down to who wants the game more. Um, and I, you know, Auburn is a three and a half point underdog. I would take Arkansas because they're at home. I would take them 24 to 20. So I would take Arkansas to barely cover the spread <laughs> here against Auburn. Man, you know, you spoke on KJ Jefferson. This is a guy that had six total touchdowns last week in that heartbreaker loss to the Ole Miss Rebels. Uh, K.J. Jefferson is an absolute stud. They have so many great backs similar to Georgia. Like They rotate three or four guys, and it's hard to stop. Now, I have zero concern about Auburn stopping the run. Like They can stop the run. That's one thing I'm right. confident in Auburn doing. But similar to what you said, sure. it's going to come down to turnovers. And when you look at the QB to QB matchup, Bo Nix, K.J. Jefferson, you got to lean in K.J. Jefferson's direction that he will make more plays than Bo does. And I'll tell you what concerns me as well, and this just may be from horrendous experiences as an Auburn fan, is that 11 o'clock kickoff <laughs> time, and it's something about the, a early kickoff oh, yeah. time on the road, and you're just like, if if unless they come out the gate swinging, which – it's going to be tough to do because that Razorback crowd is going to be uh, ready to go, man. So I'm concerned for one, Bo Nix and his his ability to make more plays than uh than KJ Jefferson. And also, like I said, you know, I think at some point this defense 
like we saw in Georgia, they were on the field so much and they couldn't they couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop the run because they were right. they were gas. Right. They were gas. It was on the field too much. Yep. So I really uh, I That's think right. being that eleven o'clock kickoff time, along with Bo Nix, and you never know what you're getting from him week to week. I'm going to Arkansas to win this game, thirty-one twenty-four. So uh, you said twenty-four twenty. I'm going 31-24. Arkansas will cover and come away with a victory on Saturday. Now, next we have number 20, Florida, at LSU. It's another 11 o'clock kickoff time on ESPN. Tell me your thoughts on that matchup between the Gators and the Tigers. Oh, my gosh. I'll tell you what. LSU, they they are the most overrated team um, at, before the season. I said they were the most overrated team. And so we have a couple of things working against us here for LSU. Number one, it's 11 o'clock kickoff in Baton Rouge, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, if it's not nighttime in Baton Rouge, uh, that's a big deal. Number two, LSU has so many injuries. They have their top two cornerbacks out for the season. Their number one wide receiver yeah. out for the season. Their defensive end out for the season. And Ed Orgeron is holding <laughs> on for dear life here. I, I, I mean, he is he, he's trying to grab onto everything he can. I'll tell you what, man. Florida is a 10.5-point favorite. I think they cover. Um, I, I think Florida wins 35-17. to 17. All right, so you, you man, you took the words out of my mouth. Exactly what I was thinking is LSU's dealing with so many injuries, and it was kind of like that was the final straw that broke the camel's back. Kayshawn Butte being out for the season, who just may be the best receiver in this year's draft class. Like, this guy is, right. is special, man. I, I love. Is he even available for the draft? He may be only a sophomore. I'm not even sure. Uh <laughs> but but man, this dude is is a stud. Like he is another he is. part of that he LSU is. wide receiver uh, class that we've seen. You know Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, like Josh Reed back in the day. I could go on and on and all the receivers that LSU has had. But uh, I'm with you, man. I think they're just fighting an uphill battle. I saw an article today where they said Ed Orger runs firing is inevitable. I believe that's the same as well because if you look at the rest of their schedule. Right. They have Florida Saturday at Ole Miss at Bama against Arkansas. November 20th, they have UL Monroe, the Warhawks, and then they close with Texas A&M. That may be their only win the rest of the year is that UL Monroe game. (laughs) Absolutely. I I mean, I don't think they win another SEC Mm -hmm. game. I'm with you, man. So uh, I'm taking Florida – in the points, as Florida being ten and a half favorites, I'm going Florida thirty-one seventeen. That they'll uh, they'll win a game pretty easily. Like LSU, Max Johnson is an amazing quarterback. I love his game, but uh, right. it's going to be too much for him to handle in that matchup. Eleven o'clock on ESPN against the Gators. Now, the game that everybody's going to be watching in the SEC, and we're trying to see if the Kentucky Wildcats are contenders or pretenders. October is the month where Programs are either make or break. We know who's who's in, who's out. We know who's serious and who's not. Number 11, Kentucky, going to number one, Georgia, 230 on CBS. Give me your thoughts there to close out this segment. 
Man, I tell you what, uh, Kentucky, they are, you know, 6-0, 4-0 in the SEC. Um, they have a fantastic offensive line. They have a good quarterback. Uh, but I, I'm telling you, man, they they just don't have the horses to um, uh, compete with Georgia. No pun intended for Kentucky in the Derby. <laughs> uh, you, you, you know, I, 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 Georgia, there's only one team in the country that can beat Georgia, uh, and we all know who that is. Um, I think Georgia will win the game. Uh, Stetson Bennett yeah. is uh, a nice placeholder for JT Daniels. Uh, you know, he's done a nice job. Um, but I think that Georgia, um, you know, they'll run the ball. They'll, they'll be conservative. They'll take their shots when they need to, uh, and they'll win the game by 20 points or more. So I, I'm going to say Georgia 34, Kentucky 10, because Georgia's defense is just unbelievable. Man, that defense, you know, it's something you could see. Even in the first game against Clemson, we didn't know how bad Clemson was going to be, but you could tell their right. defense, the Bulldogs' defense, was legit. That was a game they had seven sacks, and they put yep. the entire country on notice that this group of Nicobe Dean and Jordan Davis and Lewis Seen, like they are loaded on that side of the field. So, uh, like you said, Stetson Bennett has been a nice placeholder. At some point, they will need to get JT Daniels back. They will need to get him back because you're not winning a championship with Stetson Bennett. That is not happening, you know. No. But but Bennett nope. has done enough to to manage the game, not blow the game. He made some plays in that Auburn game and a deep pass to Lad McConkey. I mean, he did uh he did enough, and he will do just enough, I think, against Kentucky as well. I have the Bulldogs winning thirty yep. to thirteen. Um, Kentucky's not there yet. I mean, Mark Stoops has done a fantastic job with the Wildcats, and this is why. Coach Chiswick, he always said, give guys time, give coaches time. Then you can kind of see the leaf turn in their program. And I think we've seen we've seen that with Kentucky. And they, they've done a great job remaining right. that patience with him. And he is uh, he has them as, as the second-best team in the East. You know, he's they're the second-best team. <laughs> I mean, they be, they, they, they beat Florida. So that's there's no debate with that. They beat right. Florida. So, uh, But they, they still got a ways to go to compete with number one Georgia. So I have Georgia winning – 30 to 13. Jason, man, I appreciate you, dude. I uh, appreciate you swinging through the sweet spot. Man, uh, look, you're welcome to come on at any time. Look, you're always knowledgeable and informative. I know whenever you're on the show, you're going to bring great content, not just for the Alabama Crimson Tide, but for college football in general, man. So I uh, appreciate you coming through. Man, thanks. I appreciate the opportunity and, uh, you know, yeah, great job with the sweet spot, and uh, you know, uh, I just can't wait to be on again. For more content, subscribe to Corey Bradley Sports. Once you search Corey Bradley Sports, you will see the sweet spot logo, and after you subscribe, you will receive notification anytime new content is uploaded. The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts as well. And always remember, there's nothing better than being in the Sweet Spot.